So welcome back to the Lancaster School District podcast, School Buzz. The purpose of our podcast is to discuss relevant topics with individuals who work for the district and outside the district this time, parents, students, and community members. The ideas and opinions expressed are their own, not the district official approved message. And this is a platform for the exchange of ideas and information. I'm your host, Rebecca Cooksey. And today we have two important people as guests. We have Carol Kloss from Lancaster and Mary Reese from Palmdale School District, so somebody outside our school district. And we're going to be discussing new teacher support. The reason I wanted both of them on this podcast is because they are both retiring in just oh, a few days. And they have a wealth of experience on supporting new teachers. And before they leave us for greener pastures, uh, we want to make sure we capture some of their wealth of knowledge. So new teachers in California start with a preliminary credential and have to earn a clear credential through an induction program. California Commission on Teacher Credentialing allows each district to create their own plan for the induction that matches the teaching standards for California. So um, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself and give us just a short bio about what you've done for your district. So Carol, go ahead. I'm Carol Floss. I'm with the Lancaster School District for 32 years. Um, for 21 years, I was a music teacher at Parkview, and then I became a teacher on special assignment in charge of the interns, induction, and PAR teachers, which are teachers on who need extra support. I'm Mary Reese with Palmdale School District. I started out about 42 years ago in education. 42 years? No. <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, but I've been in with Palmdale for 30 years. And in that time, I taught fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. I came into new teacher support about 18 years ago. And right now, I'm working with the STIPs and the PIPs and the interns and induction. It's been a great career. Right, and Mary was my teaching partner in Palmdale for years and years, so that's why I know she was in induction. I invited her over. So great, ladies. Can you give us a brief overview of your program and how it supports new teachers? We have this great program. Uh, we start off with the New Teacher Academy at the first of the year when teachers enter the classroom, and there we introduce them to the curriculum and to technology, and we divide them out into the correct program. Within induction, we look at their preliminary credential and we start them discovering who they are as a teacher. We look at them and help them build a dream statement. What kind of teacher do they want to become? What kind of strengths do they bring to the table? And what are some areas that they want to grow? From there, we develop some inquiries to help them build those dreams. Using measurable data and evidence, they come out with those dreams. It's pretty exciting to see their change over two years. And in the Lancaster program, we start with um, new teacher orientation. And within the first few weeks, we make sure all of our candidates are paired with mentors. Sit down with their mentor and their site administrator, and they align their induction goals to their evaluations so that it's a team that effort that everyone is supporting them, not just the mentor, not just the principal, but everyone, the whole district. We figure out what kind of resources and support they Great. I had mentioned that some teachers come in with a preliminary credential, but some teachers come in with even less than that, right? So we've got some people Correct. that come in with just like pass their CBEST and they have a BA, right? We have some teachers, last week they were a bartender and today they're <laughs> teaching. So Right. They usually look for people that have some type of experience within the classroom. In fact, the credential itself requires so many hours working with, with children. It doesn't necessarily mean the classroom. It's not a credential, it's a permit. A permit, okay. And what's the difference between like 
a STIP and a PIP and whatever else, what, what other acronyms you have? So a PIP is a pre-intern permit. That means they're still taking classes to take, to get ready to be an intern. So they're taking their CBIS or taking their CSETs. They're working on getting their RECA. They might not be en enrolled in the university yet, but they're working on it. Okay. Right. Uh, the CSET is usually the nemesis of the, the, they're having a hard time passing that test. They're given a year and they have the test to pass. And then they have to enroll in classes to finish what we call pre-service. Depending on the university, each university has a different pre-service courses. They have to take those university classes before they become a um, intern. Okay, so to, to be a teacher, you can't just get past college and then walk in. You've got to pass your CBES, which is a test, kind of a minimal skills test. Yes. And then the CSET, what does that cover? It depends on the type of credential you're going after. The CSET is a subject matter competency. If you're looking at a multiple subject credential, you're looking at reading and social studies, math, science, PE, and music and various other things, a lot of psychological things. Yeah, if they're single subject, then they're working towards, you know, the, they're taking the math C set or they're taking the science C set. And the multiple subject teachers also have to take what's called the, the RECA, which is the um, Reading Inventory Competency Assessment. And that is very difficult. Oh, a lot of tests to become a teacher now. Remember, I had to take the CBEST a long, long time ago, but right. beyond that, we didn't have to take any more tests. They also have to take um, the Cal TPAs, which is Teacher Performance Assessments. Right. They have to take those also. And then the Teacher Performance Assessments, they do videos to show that they really know how to teach. So when they're in their first year or two of teaching, they've got to pass all these tests. They've got to work with a mentor teacher. They've got to take university classes. So they're busy those first couple of years. Right. They're, they're very busy. And that's why Lancaster, we, we stress, okay, if you're working on this, you don't have any committees. You're not working on anything else. You're just get your college done. And we also stressed within Palmdale that you stay within what the university is having you do with coursework, but you avoid doing your master's degree at the same time. Yes. Because it you get exhausted. I always tell people that when they when they become a pip or a stip, that they've sold their soul to the devil <laughs> and they have no life. Um, intern programs, the same thing. You are taking classes at the university, you're studying for tests, and then you also are teaching. Wow, that's a lot. Because I remember I did student teaching without any pay. That's what they used to do. You worked for a year for a district without any pay. But that first year as a teacher, I remember coming home exhausted, just after school and all the work that you did, trying to learn how to run a classroom and trying to learn how this is the curriculum, this is what kids need to do. That in itself was exhausting. I can't imagine on top of that, having to take all these courses. And what's so funny is the other day, it was yesterday, this one of my teachers who is now with her preliminary credentials, she said, do you remember Mary that you said, I would sell my soul to the devil? And I said, yes, I do remember that because it's my standard line. <laughs> and she said, I did. And it was as hard as you told me, but I didn't believe you when I started. Well, I think young people usually start like that. Yeah, I can do this. Right. <laughs> and and have a baby and right. get have married. Get your master's, get married. <laughs> All those things you and think you can do. So tell me what is the most difficult part of your job? That's a, that's a hard question. There's a lot of things. Organization is 
overwhelming at times, but the hardest emotional part for me is periodically we get a, a teacher who really isn't meant to teach. Not everyone is meant to teach. Right. And so we have to let them know um, and we have to help them and counsel them out of the profession. That's a very emotional thing to do. Generally, those are the teachers that are crying every day. They, uh, they have a hard time getting out of their cars in the morning or- They're crying in the parking lot. And we, and we need to talk to them, but it's still hard for them that they think they wanted to be a teacher, but they aren't making it. And sometimes you're just having the conversation, okay, you want to be a teacher, but you may not be a public school setting class full of students teacher. You may, there's other options. You may be an online teacher. Right. Or you may go to, you know, like a, a charter school where they, you know, credit recovery for high school kids where they only work with three or four students at a time. Huh. So it's giving them options, but sometimes they just need someone to sit down and say, hey, it's going to be okay, but let's look at a different path. Right. And I think sometimes people, when they're not being successful in what they thought they wanted to do, see that as they're a failure. And it's not that you're not a failure. It's just that this isn't the job for you. Right. You might be better at doing some, being a lawyer or doing, you know, being a nurse. This, this may not be exactly what you need to be doing with your life and what makes you happy because you need to be happy being a teacher. You can't come in miserable all the time. Yes, right. <laughs> and like Carol said, there's so many options in teaching now. It's not like it was when I entered the profession many years ago. There are options and different ways to teach. Uh, so when you want to teach, you can do it. You just have to find those options. And in many cases, what they really want to be is a school psychologist or a school counselor. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. I had a, a teacher that worked for me that was not successful, but really loved being around kids. I said, well, let's think of something else you could do and still be with children. You could be a camp counselor. You could be you know, an after school provider. You, there's a lot of things you can do to still work with kids, but it's not teaching because you got to really, really like teaching to, to want to stay in it. It's a hard job. It is a very hard job. I think it's one of the hardest. Um, you both have written your own programs to support teachers. And that's a requirement of the state, right? Yes, correct. Can you tell me a little bit about, about that? We plan our program around, they have common standards, which are common between all programs. And then they also have program standards, which are just for our program. So we have to, we write to those standards. And then we also have to show evidence. You have to prove that you're doing it in your, in your program. So you have to show evidence, whether it's our teachers all um, complete an individualized learning plan. Mm -hmm. So we can show them okay, this is what the learning plan is, but they actually want to see the completed ones. So they want to see that we're doing it. Part of that writing to the standards is it also includes a site visit where the state comes in, send a team in for three days, and they interview everyone from superintendent on down to staff secretary so that everyone is on the same page. And like Carol mentioned earlier, mentoring is a big deal. Uh, all our new teachers are assigned a mentor. And they meet with those mentors weekly, at least once. And often it's many more times. Part of writing the plan is to have the mentor work with the new teacher in developing goals and then using data to make, I always call them data-driven decisions. In our world at Palmdale, we say data is king, reflection is queen, and together they rule the kingdom 
of education and Carol's laughing because we're all kind of silly. <laughs> we're, we're both laughing at Mary because Mary made up that quote. So. <laughs> I did make it up, but they often say it. <laughs> but I, I thought it was really good. I thought we should probably start using that too because I like that idea that they're, they're married together. And they are married. And what's the best part about it is as you watch your PE teachers making data-driven decisions and improving their PE program with their own goals, it's very exciting. Well, and I love that new teachers have a mentor because I remember coming into the profession, even though I had done my student teaching, I had done that in the Ventura County area, and then I got hired in Palmdale, which is not the same place, and it was thrown into a sixth grade classroom with here's a book, here's your key. Here's your key. I didn't even have standards at that point, and just remember kind of really floundering at the beginning, just, just getting your feet to figure out how do you get this classroom management thing underneath you, so that... I'm, I'm glad that we're supporting our new teachers much better. And one of the wonderful things about this program is that as we wrote it, and I know Carol did the same thing, is that you plan it according to what the teacher is doing in the classroom. It's not random writing a research paper and never applying it. It's coming up with an idea and a goal, doing research to figure out how to do it, applying it in your classroom and adapting it to make it work. And if it doesn't work, then you abandon it and do something else. Failure happens in the classroom. We know that. But that's okay as long as you figure out what's the next step. Right. You reflect on it and figure out how you can improve. Right. Find the strategies that work. You know, what may have worked for your mentor when you observe them won't, may not work for you. I mean, you have to tweak it. And then we tell them, well, how many times should I try it? Well, it takes 50 times for something to be a habit. So try it at least 51. There you go. <laughs> and, and in both our programs, we also do observations. The state requires new teachers to see other new teachers. So we send them with a coach and do and they do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And we actually call it side-by-side -side coaching where they observe another teacher and they point out the things that are going on in that classroom. Then they come out, they reflect and they decide, can I apply it in my classroom or can't I? And sometimes you see things some of the best observations are when things go wrong and you figure out ways to make it go right. Yeah, they, they observe new teachers, they observe um, veteran teachers. Okay, veteran teachers. Veteran teachers. Okay, but what we're discovering in many cases, some of our new teachers are turning out to be some of our best. Right, that's great. Especially with the technology, mm -hmm. because you know some of your newer teachers, they're not scared of the computer, they're not scared of having every kid having a computer. Right. So if you, you know, some of our younger teachers, hey, let's send them out to this person because they really have the Chromebooks and they have all their systems in place, so it's working. They can see that see effective yeah. use of technology. That's great. So what is something that most new teachers struggle with in their first or second year? Classroom management. Classroom management is the big one. Um, the biggest thing, I think, a lot of our new teachers, they're so excited to start the curriculum that they, it's like, okay, slow down. Let's spend just the first two weeks going over procedures. This is how I want this done. This is how you get a drink. This is how you do pencils and take all the time and, and teach it. And it's interesting that even as, as a kid is in middle school, because we're a K-8 district, you'd think that they'd have those procedures down. And they do. But each teacher has to teach it as they expect it to be done. And it takes about two weeks right, to get it done. Right. And each teacher has their own way that they want something mm -hmm. done. How, how do you turn in your homework? How do you um, get a drink of water? And so if you have those very clear expectations of this is how we do things in this classroom, I think that helps everybody because the kids know what to expect then. Right, right. And pencils are a big thing. 
Yes. <laughs> other teachers, it drives them crazy with the pencils. Okay, you have to figure figure out a system. So how are you going to deal with the pencils? You know, are you going to students can get, get a pencil. You know, if they need a new one, they raise their hand. What is your what is the procedure that works? And in our in our schools, we have breakfast in the classroom. That can turn into a nightmare if you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so they have to learn how to handle that, handle the food, and to make sure that that time is not wasted, that it's productive time as the kids eat. And it's turned into a really good experience, but it takes a little while to get it down. Yeah, and I think the cleanliness of the classroom, you gotta make sure that then things, breakfast is cleaned up and you're not getting ants and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, but good, good, good that you're feeding everybody. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. What's been your greatest success in this program? What, what are you most proud of? <laughs> you know, there's at the end of each year, our year two candidates will go through five questions that they answer. We measure it against the same questions that they answered the year before. I think the greatest success is their success. They are so excited to see that they've improved in teaching as a teacher. Um, and as they talk about the things that they are doing in their classroom and the changes they've made and their confidence that they're growing, and they come back to you and they say, thank you for spending time with me, providing me the resources I needed. Yeah, mine, you know, you have some of your ones, they really struggle their first year. And um, then you see them at the end of the second year and they're like, wow, thanks for believing in me. Thanks for saying exactly. everything's going to be okay. <laughs> because um, they're on the edge their first year. They're really wondering, is this something that I should, you know, should I going to become a computer program instead of a yeah. teacher because you know they're really wondering that they Mary mentioned the confidence teaching is confidence because you have to get up there and perform every day exactly and I had one teacher several years ago that we didn't give his credential to him because he couldn't manage his classroom so we asked him to work another six months on managing a classroom and making goals to manage it so he came in and he was not happy with me in making that decision and it, I wasn't alone in that decision, but in, with that decision, he wasn't happy. He came back at his last exit interview and he turned to me and said, I know why you made me wait. I get it now. Thank you. Well, that's powerful. That's that was powerful. powerful. That, that had to have been a tough conversation with, you're not quite there. Let's, let's help you and support you, right. give you the tools you need, but we're not going to turn you loose with kids until we're sure you're going to be a good teacher. Right. And these programs have lots of resources and you turn them loose and they're loose. Right. Yeah. We want to make sure we have the best teachers for our kids. Um, so you both are going off into the sunset here very, very soon. Uh, what are your big plans? I'm going to greener pastures. <laughs> I'm going to Northern Utah into a very nice green community where I will have grass and it's, and a mature landscape. And from there, I will be going on a mission for my church and hope to continue to work with kids. Well, I envy you the green, green um, environment. <laughs> so um, we're going to travel. Wonderful. And um, just take off and go. But I'm sure in the spring, I'll be back working with kids again. And Carol's going to come visit me. Yes. 
<laughs> to Mary in her green pasture. A green pasture with my cows and my moose. <laughs> I'll be still here in the brown desert. <laughs> so we wish you the best, ladies. Um, both of you are just wonderful people who have supported teachers for many years. And um, that's not just, that's a legacy you leave behind because you've left some great teachers in the classroom who affect children for years and years and years to come. So you've just done some great things in your career and we're just so proud of you. Well, Rebecca, I need to say one thing, and, I, and I'm sure Carol will agree with it, but this has been a great career. There's nothing better than teaching. There's not a better reward inside. You look back to all those years and you think, I made the right decision. And that, you know, sometimes you'll have friends who you went to college with and they're now making lots and lots of money, <laughs> living in exotic places, but they're not happy. And I can honestly say this has been... I've met the best people. I've worked with the best people. I'm a fortunate person. Ditto. Yeah, it's been agree. a great ride. Wonderful. It has been a great ride. All right, ladies. Well, thank you very much for coming on. We appreciate you being here. Um, so where can you find this podcast? You can find this podcast on iTunes. I have finally got it up there. You can find it on TuneIn, on SoundCloud, and on Stitcher. Um, so go ahead and subscribe to us. And if you like what you hear, like us. Um, I've looked at our statistics the other day, and we had a person in Honduras that was listening to us, a person in Denmark, and a person in Ireland, which it must be like somebody's mom that they sent them the <laughs> 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 link to it. I send my mom the link, so I, I assume everybody else does too. Um, so our next episode is a career in special education. We'll have a special guest on for that. And in the meantime, um, enjoy your summer break, which is coming up here very soon. As you tune out, our last song is uh, by the students at Sierra School under the direction of Kelly Stock playing Simple Truths.